there was a Q and a afterwards and I never eat popcorn during movies because one way or another, it always gets stuck or lodged in my throat. But for some reason I let my guard down that day and I ate popcorn while I was watching the movies. And then when I went up on stage and like, there was like, I think five of us and a microphone was handed to me right when somebody asked me a question, the piece of popcorn in my throat was like, it's my time to shine. I'm like, immediately I was like, I could tell I was like sweating. I was like, Oh no, I'm going to start coughing. I don't know how to turn this mic off. Somebody else was also answering a question. Um, this was, this is just like a funny bit. I like got off the stage and I was like pointing to my then partner at the time. Who's my ex now. Like I was like doing this where I was like, I need water, water. And he was like deer in headlights, just staring at me. (laughs) Welcome to I Went to Film School, the podcast about film school and life after film school. I'm joined by my co-host, Moss, because he has no choice. I feel like I have like 50% of a choice, if that makes sense. You know, like, you like have like some agency in your life, but I've maybe taken like a lot a, of it from a, you. What's a quarter of a choice? What's 25% of a choice? I'll tell you what it, I'll tell you, Moss. I'll oh, tell okay. you what a 25% okay. of a choice is. <laughs> I feel like that. Okay, so it is. Got that choice. classic banter. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that trademark oh back and forth the, the uh, zach and moss banter it, it, it's yeah we're so good pat ourselves in the back for that one like boy. the entire podcasting industry rests on our shoulders <laughs> joe rogan who yeah neil young neil young threatened to pull his music unless like we were putting out more episodes <laughs> they were just like he dude i was really surprised when he was like keep on rocking i went to film school <laughs> That directly to I know. See, uh, people thought it was about Joe Rogan. It was actually us. He it was, was going to pull it unless us. we put out more episodes. We were. <laughs> so that's what we're here to do. Sorry. That's why we're making another yeah. episode because of Neil Young. Thank you, Neil. Because Young. of Neil Young and Joni Mitchell. Now, no, I'm I'm gonna leave her alone. She doesn't deserve to be a part of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel it's fine. Okay, who are we interviewed today, Moss? Our good pal Maisha. You looked at me for a second like you didn't know. I know this is like an audio medium, but for a second, Moss looked up at the Zoom call and his eyes went wide and he was like, I don't, like, we just did the interview too. And he was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, who, like, no, we're interviewing Maisha. Maisha went to, went to York University in the film program, obviously. Um, another York guest. Um, today we talked, we talked to Maisha about um, their, uh, their, journey through the production program specifically through making docs at york and what kind of a process this was and also we hear about some other i'm not gonna i don't want to spoil anything but we hear about some other stuff at york i've like never heard anything about so this maisha's like really brought a lot to the table that we've never discussed about york university so i'm like quite excited moss yeah yeah they added a lot of nuance into our conversations about york because we did not their experiences, not to say that we're like surprised to hear about them, but, uh, you know, they're just stuff that we haven't really dealt with yet. And yeah, yeah, I, I, they're a trooper. Let's just say that because they, they stuck, they stuck through it. 
yeah, my wife uh, put up with our bullshit for 45 minutes. Oh, oh, you your oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, definitely our bullshit. Like, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but it's a good interview. Um, you know, it's funny. We joke during the interview that um, we'd be liable for someone suing us, but I'm pretty sure if we're liable, it's if to anyone. It's York University. Like, if anyone important at York ever listened to like two episodes of this podcast, they'd realize it's not. I went to film school. I fucking hate York University. Maybe cut what I just said. No, don't actually. You know, I'm just kidding. It's like we don't always drag York. We do take like a. We try to take like a round of the film program. We are. We are critical yet nuanced we try, we try oh, wow to, to 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 broaden horizons when it comes to the perceptions of film school intro okay i'm sorry i can't keep it up um, no like i think we do but also like we don't focus on york the podcast isn't about york it's about different people's experience in film education and not that's all right. the, that's so right about york. we you know so so all you so next time you you york profs try and try and you know, uh, slander us. We'll, we'll come back at you with our uh, with our tough arguments. We've got some we've got some bad boys back here. You know, like we got. Some... <laughs> oh, well, that makes I don't think I don't think your prof would give enough of a shit even if they heard this podcast. Yeah, like I don't know if we're gonna disrupt their like six figure tenured salary. Like they're like, oh no, like two of our former students have somewhat critical opinions about this institution. Whoa. Yeah, they're too Whoa. busy making sure racist profs stay in power. It it seems like it. It seems like that's their... see now see a little see a little sneak walking a fine line, but we didn't name any names. So yeah, we didn't name so. any names. Look at us. Look at us. We didn't write an open letter with so many signatures and then just ignore it. Yeah, could you imagine that? Could you imagine that? Anyway, um, but let's not take away from our guest, Maisha. They are, by the way, one of the best artists we met at that, like one of the most yes. uh, interesting people, one of the most capable artists, worked with Zach before on a film. Just great stuff. Yes, uh, yeah, so without further ado... Okay, so... We can let's start the interview off. Maisha, do you want to like introduce yourself? Just like explain, like um, just introduce yourself and like where you went to film school. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I my I'm Maisha. I use they them pronouns. Um, I went to York for film production between like, oh god, the years are always like a blur, especially with what's been going on the past two years. It was like 2014. I was there for five years. I took an extra year, so I graduated like June of 2019. Um, yeah. And since then I've been doing some work as like a first AD, but also doing a lot of like other coordinating and programming and facilitating stuff and like social justice spaces. Cause I kind of did those two worlds while I was at York. Um, and I didn't want to compromise or give up one for the other. Uh, yeah, that's, that's me. I don't know how else to introductions are so funny. I I'm like, what do I say about myself? I could no, that's great. No, that is. I under, I know you mean. Yeah, you're kind of like, and I don't know, like, what else there is about my life. Yeah, it's like rewriting um, like an online bio, like again and again, because like every few days, I'm like, I just realized I could phrase this a different way. I just realized this about myself. Yeah. And then you're constantly analyzing how others will read that bio and what they'll think of you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I think my first question will be, um, so when it came to picking a film school or wanting to go to film school at all, like, was York University their, your first choice? And uh, why did you decide to, like, decide to go to York in the end? Um, I, 
I think it was between York and Ryerson because those were the programs I had heard the most about. And I knew some people who knew people that went there. Um, and I wanted to I wanted to stay in Toronto. I wasn't really planning on leaving the city. Um, in the end, like York's program sounded a bit more, at least at the time, it sounded more balanced to me because people were saying it was like the best of both worlds between like theory and production and um I remember when like I started the first few days, like a couple of like older students were like, you know, maybe a red flag. They were like, we're like a family here. And at Ryerson, they're so business oriented. And I was like, you know, 18 years old. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. That's what I want. Um, So yeah, I, I ended up sticking with York and like waiting to hear back from York was like such a anxiety inducing thing. Like amongst my friends in high school, I was like the last person to hear back. So when I did, I was like, oh, this is this is everything. Um, because I, I did not imagine ever being able to attend film school because it wasn't kind of like, you know, a conventional thing for someone to attend, at least in my circles. Um, I remember telling my parents I wanted to go to film school and they were like, huh? Like, they were like, like, like I thought you wanted to do that as like a hobby. And I was like, no, no, no. I want to like try to go to school and like actually do stuff. And they were like, okay. Like they just like collectively took a breath together. And I, you know, um, but once they started seeing my stuff, obviously they were um, way more supportive, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, I know my parents were also like, oh, so, so it's either you were doing visual arts or film. Great, lucrative career choices. That's awesome. We're very excited. <laughs> like, but, you know, like in general, it's it's a good option, I think. Yeah, I, I got like into the humanities program at UFT. And for some reason, I was like, it didn't feel that different. Like, go, like going into film and then going into humanities. My parents would rather that I had like gone into humanities. And I was like, what do you want me to do? Hmm. Like in the, like not saying that there's nothing to do in a humanities program, mm-hmm. but you know, at the time I was like, I, I don't see like how it's really any different in terms of like, yeah. you know, there would be so much to explore afterwards, but you're kind of starting off in a space where you're like, not really sure specifically what you're going to do or what you're going into. But I guess it's just because of the school reputations and the names uh, yeah, and it's it's not like with a humanities degree, like you graduate and like this hidden door of the job market is open to you all of a sudden, right? Like I in terms of usefulness, I'd say it's about the same as a film degree in some ways. Well yeah, I mean, we can have humanities and film students fight it out, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I came off as way more cynical and like a little bit shittier than I meant it to, but you know what I mean? Like it's not like it's not like like a humanities degree is the equivalent of like a law degree compared to like a film degree. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they all have their use values. And I think like some of the best classes I took at York were my humanities uh, electives. But I mean, yeah, like in general, like the the kind of fine arts, social sciences, humanities is is a very tricky like industry, quote unquote, to kind of break into with any degree. Right. So still, it's interesting that they were like favoring humanities over film. But uh, considering like, you know, Toronto has a film industry, right? Like, you know, I mean, it's there. I've I've heard of it. Yeah. Was totally. there any? Was there any one thing in particular that wound up convincing your parents to like be on board with this? Or I'm a pretty stubborn person. I think whether at the end of the day, whether they approved of it or accepted it or not, I think they knew I would have just gone ahead with it anyways. I've always kind of been like that. Like if I'm really set on something and I see the value in it, I just kind of 
go ahead with it. And I'm not really, I'm not really waiting around for approval from people. Um, so I, it was nice that once they saw some of the stuff that I was working on and how excited I was that they were also, you know, happy for me. And like, uh, there, there, there are two people who also grew up with people like family members who were in the arts. So it was like, at first it was kind of funny that they were unsure and hesitant. Cause I was like, my dad's dad used to be like a producer for like a TV company back at home. And like, you know, my mom grew up like singing and doing all these art stuff. So I guess I think it's just like as a parental like fear of like, oh, my God, we want our kid to have like a very set structure future where like stuff's not hard. And obviously in film, it's not going to be like this super easy, graceful thing with yeah. issues in between. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think once they started coming to like screenings and like like my dad was so super kind to like sometimes drive me around with equipment and stuff. Um, they were kind of, I think once they were more involved, like they were able to kind of see a bit more of that world. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Um, you mentioned doing a fifth year. Why did you want to doing it? Like doing five years at York? I didn't plan to do a fifth year, uh, initially, but I had like a trickier time kind of working through some of the systems at York than I originally planned. So a lot of my credits, like I kind of like ended up taking, some of them off certain years and, you know, telling myself, okay, I'm going to do it like the next year. So having that extra year was helpful for me to kind of calm down and do things at a slow pace and not feel like I had to like fight it out to finish everything by fourth year. Um, yeah, I think the, the main thing at York was that I didn't really understand a lot of the accessibility, uh, services that were available until my final year, which was kind of a bummer because it would have been super useful the first few years. But I find that even in like orientation and frosh and stuff, they don't really get into like the specifics of how to navigate those things. Um, and I kind of struggled the first few years with a lot of like the attention and like focus issues that I've kind of had my entire life um, and just like in general, other mental health things. So in my final year, like when I was able to actually access those services and made stuff so much easier. And I, I was like, Oh, this would have made years one to four, like a lot smoother. Yeah. Um, so that fifth year really came out of like some of those struggles. Um, I was literally on like probation one year. Um, I remember like not doing well in one of my courses and I emailed like, I forget who the head was at the time. Oh my God. I'm forgetting people's names, but it was like, oh, not, yeah. yeah, it's not really, it was not really helpful to talk to some of the folks in the film department because they were kind of like at least the people who like who are like higher up they were kind of like oh you might just have to leave the program and there was like no other advice or support and I like panicked because I was like oh my god I applied to get into this school and I'm like getting to this point where like you know we're like looking at different streams of uh fiction and doc and whatever whatever and I was like oh my god I can't I can't get kicked out I can't leave the program. Um, thankfully there were some staff funny enough. Um, the admin folks who I did not expect so much support from were like super helpful and like really pushing through and like finding like ways for me to work through the probation kind of period and like re rework things out with like different staff in terms of like why I should stay on the, like in the program. But I think for people who haven't been through the probation kind of process even in film it's a really tricky time and it's actually like imagine like already having mental health 
struggles and then having like that entire year where they like repeatedly want you to prove why you deserve to stay in the program. Like there were so many papers I had to fill out. I had to write out a whole like document of like what happened and why I should stay in the program and like send copies of like the medications I was taking and yada, yada, yada. It was like a, it was a huge long wait. Um, but thankfully it worked out. Cause I was like, I've done three years here. I'm not, you're not getting rid of me. Like, you know, you're taking, you're taking my money and my time. I'm finishing this program and I'm graduating with this degree. Um, yeah, that's kind of the long-winded answer to fifth year. And like what led me to doing that final year. That's why I'm sorry. I'm just so shocked that you want to staff member, like faculty members in this program who should be encouraging you and like wanting you to help you stay in the program and should be saying that maybe you should leave as a last resort and yet they were and yet that was their i'm I'm sorry i'm just like what the fuck that's so shitty like i'm I'm sorry i'm I'm like stumbling over my words i'm trying to find the right way to say it but yeah because like clearly you gave a shit if you were going to them and asking them like how to work through this and their react like was there were they was were some of them more sympathetic am i just simplifying this or like were they just kind of like really just kind of like eh about it like not helpful at all it was weird when i first approached some of them that yeah i didn't really like the first thing they told me was kind of like I think they just wanted you to deal with it on your own with like student services. They were like, oh, you might have to like leave the program. You should contact student services and see what's going on. And I was like, um, okay. Uh, I mean, later on when I was working through like more of the paperwork aspect of like what courses I could take, like when I was finally accepted, like through that process and they were like, okay, you can stay in the program. I worked with like one or two profs along with like the administrative person that was there at the time during a meeting to kind of be like, you can take these classes. If you're struggling, try this and this. But um, at the beginning, you're really, you're really just kind of on your own and you have to have the energy to like run around and contact all these people and like figure out what to do to stay in the program. Um, So I had, I had the energy to do that because I was like, you know, this is, this is not happening. I'm staying in the program, but um, yeah, I can't imagine what it would have been like if I was just like, super drained and like not really you know aware of like what to do or where to go um yeah I, I, it's funny I, I i have a friend who went to film school in the states and he was telling me like and this might not be true this was just a conversation between us but he said that he noticed when students there at his school were like getting into the same kind of situation in terms of like struggling like profs were really usually trying to push students through the program because they wanted students to graduate with that name, with that school, but you didn't find the same kind of vibe in Canadian schools. And that might, obviously that's a general statement. That's, that's not going to be true for all schools and their departments and et cetera. But I just thought that was an interesting thing that he brought up because um, yeah, I imagine like, just like you said, like you would want to be as supportive and helpful as possible and make things easier for students because you want them to at least, you know, with my thinking, I'm like, you want them to graduate from your school, from your program, um, especially if they're three years in already, um, which is like so close to finishing. I can't imagine like it not working out and me having to leave so close to graduation and being like, what, like, what do I do now with my time and my life? Um, yeah. yeah. And you'd also think that like, 
Like you were like, a, I remember you as a film student, right? You're like, you were involved in film sets. Like you made docs, like you gave a shit. You were there, you were hardworking. So you'd think that if the student like that, like you were like struggling, they'd want to help you out or at least like, or, or just help. Yeah. They'd want to help. They'd want to like work with you to like get through this because like they'd want you to stay in the program. Why wouldn't they? You know all this, but you know what I'm saying, right? This, like this is something that York has to like seriously, seriously attempt to improve on. And I think that like I've I've heard it from even other students outside of the department, like access to their student services. It's not like it's they're not there, but York's website is a maze. York's uh, literal campus is a maze. It's like a little city, and there's not clear um time yeah. and and the physical places where you have to go. To let you can't just walk into some place. Some places you can walk into, they have limited hours. Some places you have to make an appointment, but there's no sign that tells you, you know, like it's just, it's really bad in terms of their like organization of their services. And I'm not saying that like all of their services are bad, but like the fact that they don't, it's just not a very like user friendly like institution, right? Like, obviously, to your point. Yeah, it's really a systems navigation thing. Like, I think there are so many ways to make that a lot easier, especially when students are entering in their first year. Like that orientation period at the beginning of the year is so important. Like, it's such a good time to make that easily accessible. And like, I don't like I remember so much from Frosh and orientation. Like there was really no like step by step information on like how to access yeah. a lot of those accessibility student services things. Um and I, and I think a lot of students end up needing to access it. So it would make sense to make it more easily uh, available. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, that was not the case. I don't know if that's changed in the past few years with like new incoming students. I would hope so, especially with the pandemic. I feel like it's statistically like increased that people's needs to like access more support. Um, so I, I hope something's changed a little bit. But yeah, uh, at the time, it was just kind of like, it's really up to you to figure out where to go, who to talk to, what to do, and like make sure you're keeping up with it. Because I, you know, if I had like had to leave the program, like it would not have. It sounds bad to say it would not have mattered to any of the staff. It wouldn't have mattered that I gave like three years worth of tuition or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's and that's like on them that that's their attitude. Mm-hmm. especially from an arts institution that loves to show off the work of their students that loves to promote, like, like literally they hold like award shows where they invite other filmmakers and other film professors from other schools to come watch what their students do. And then to be like, yeah, look at the creative work that our students are doing, but also the students themselves. I mean, we could give a shit. Like what the, that is just. Kind of, it's like pretty accurate. Like basically. Uh, yeah. Once that, honestly, once I was able to finish dealing with all of that, it was like such a weight off my shoulders because I was like, I can go back to focusing on actually like being on sets now. And like, you know, like the other classes and electives that I was taking and like the stuff that I actually wanted to put my time and energy into in school rather than like worrying about everything else that happened. So I was like, I was thankful that all of that got sorted out and I was able to go back to like the stuff that I had planned. Um, especially in those final, like, two, like final few years. Right. So, sorry, I didn't interrupt. Go ahead. 
Oh, I was, okay. that was the end of my sentence. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Well, because he says, that brings me to my, uh, my next question. All right, so through your time at York and your involvement on student sets and your time, um, like, you know, in the fiction course and the documentary course and your time making films, um, did you, so did you like find that you enjoyed one role on set or in the, or just in contributing to different productions more than others? And what role, and if so, like what particular roles did you enjoy the most? At the time, I was always kind of going back and forth between like directing, writing and doing cine because I loved I think I almost loved all of them equally. I, I took like the sound course and like a couple of other things, which was great because I wanted to try everything out. But I like being in the doc course, I think that really kind of showed me that I was more inclined towards like directing and kind of like producing or like project managing stuff. I really like, I've liked, I'd, I'd liked that for a while. So I think actually being able to try that out was a great opportunity for me to be like, oh yeah, this does feel good. Um, Cause I think it's like, I, things can be like very complicated, but I think your body and your mind kind of know when you're in a role that like it feels good or it doesn't. And when I was like directing and leading a lot of the stuff in doc, like I felt on top of my game, um, which led me to like do a lot of the first AD work I did after graduating as well, because it's kind of in the similar, like similar, similar realm of, you know, being in charge of schedules and things through the day, like organizing things for people. Um, yeah, the doc, the doc class really like that. I, I enjoyed the stuff I made in that class and like the people that I was able to work with and the stuff that I learned and the mistakes that I made. Um, I think everything was like a really good learning opportunity. Um, it feels like it was so long ago. My gosh, I was like, I know, right. Yeah. I was watching some of my older stuff from York like a few weeks ago. And I was like, uh, like checking the year. And I was like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe how long ago this was, but yeah, that, that class was interesting. I had like mixed feelings about the class all like all together in the end. So I, I liked some of the like the work we had to do, obviously I had a really good time making that final doc that I was working on um, and like working with everybody in the class. But uh, I think if I were to go back, I probably would not have taken the doc class, which sounds dramatic. I'd also gotten accepted into the alt class, like the alt filmmaking class. Um, and originally I was really stoked about that because I love that kind of like 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 abstract experimenting and stuff and like the prof sounded really nice and I had kind of like talked to him a little bit during the application process and he was like super you know super kind and like very open and like willing to like engage in discussion about stuff um even when I had chosen doc I remember emailing him and being like I know we talked but I'm sorry I'm not entering your course and he was like it's totally fine hopefully I'll see you some other time so it was like you know he seemed like a really chill professor but um I have to say like I haven't like I've talked about this with a few people but I haven't like I think properly talked about it uh, going into doc like for a lot of people that was the very first time they had ever worked on like a on something like that you know like they had never really worked on docs before or been like in a position where they were directing their own docs so I think maybe some of the expectations that were set up for us in the class were a bit intense, um, considering a lot of people's experiences. Um, 
as I mentioned before, I learned a lot from my mistakes. I think it was a very like humbling experience to be like, oh, like this is what I would have done differently. Um, this is what I knew at the time, but obviously I know a lot more now, but I think at the time, like it was kind of like, it felt like if you weren't performing at this, like incredibly high standard, like you were just not getting it. Like you were kind of like, I don't know. I felt like it, it felt like I was kind of like failing if I wasn't meeting every single high expectation that was like wanted by the prof in the class. Um, I was super proud of the doc that I made, obviously looking back at it now, I cringe a little bit because I'm like, Ooh, I definitely would not direct things like this. And I know better. It's been so many years, obviously, but at the time, especially with the content, like I was just like, there's, there's no other material that is about, you know, queer Muslim artists and they're like romantic relationships with each other, along with like the work that they're doing together. I'm super excited to make this. A lot of people were excited to see it. Um, it was just important uh, for it to be out there. I think it's kind of that thing where when there isn't a lot of content on a certain topic, there's a lot of pressure for that first thing to be like up to like the highest standards possible where like, whereas, you know, that's kind of like not fair. Um, and I understand from a professor's perspective where you want the best for your student and you want them to be making their material at the highest standard, but that. In, in in some ways, because of those weird mixed experiences, I, I am glad I took the class because it made me learn how to have thicker skin. Um, I had a lot of trouble completing that doc because I don't think everybody was on the same page about what it was supposed to be about. So originally, like the documentary was supposed to be kind of about like normal people's lives in terms of like, I didn't want it to be sensationalized material. I wanted it to just be about artists doing their craft, what's the process, you know, kind of like digging into the details of their lives. Cause I love that kind of stuff. I love learning about like the ins and outs of people's like processes. And like, especially if you're dating someone and you're working with them, you know, I think that's really interesting and it's really cool. Um, but uh, some of my class members and I think my prof really did not um, have any exposure or like understanding of like what I was trying to get at because I've got a lot of critiques in that class about how the material was just like not uh I guess as interesting or exciting as they wanted it to be um the like the most vivid like memory that I have and I will never forget this because it was a very important moment for me was being in one of the sessions where we had to show our documentary and like get feedback obviously which is a really important and, you know, uh, special time because you're getting that feedback from your classmates and prof and whatnot. Um, and I remember just standing there, like hearing so many comments about how I had not done my homework and my research. And I wasn't like showing the truth. I wasn't showing some like big truth about how like homosexuality is like shown in Islam as a religion. I wasn't talking about how like it's punishable by death in so many countries. And oh do I watch the news? And these were like things I was hearing from some classmates, you know, it was like super weird for me at the time. And I, obviously if someone told me that now I would have a better response. But at the time I was like so new to even the feedback process. I was just kind of like, not sure what to say because of someone who like also identified in that community I was like what do you mean do my homework and my research like this is obviously I did that because you have to as, yeah. a, as a filmmaker duh 
but I was also like, this is like, this is me, you know, like this is, this is who I am. Like, I don't, I know what's going on. I know what I'm doing. Um, it was, it was so, it was so awkward. It was such a weird experience to be told to go back to the drawing board and like, you know, uh, change the material because it just was like, I guess it was just too happy and like too, like it was just making their lives look so normalized, which is what I wanted, you know, because I was like, there's so much material out there on like the, like the pressures and the struggles and, oh my God, this like fight between your identities. I was like, there's so many other people who are going to be doing that in the next few years. And that's still important to talk about. Cool. But this is not what I'm getting at. Um, and it just like also felt weird to have that directed at me. Like one student was literally almost like borderline yelling at me. Like you're not thinking about this. And and my professor just like stood there and like, let it happen. And it was so weird. And, you know, I don't know, it was just like a strange experience. I still went ahead and did the doc the way that I wanted, because I was like, this is not good. I was like, no offense. This is not for you. Like the people who were giving me that feedback. I was like, you're, this is not, this is not for you. And this is not, um, it's not going to make a difference to you whether I make it the way that you want or not. Cause it doesn't impact you in the end. Um, I ended up being very lucky. I was able to show it at a shorts program at TIFF. And I remember like talking to people afterwards and they were like, so excited to talk about, you know, the, like the doc and like, Oh, this is really cool. I haven't seen something like this. And I was also trying to like bridge the gap in the documentary between like Muslim and like Jewish like cultures. And like, I had people, just like super excited to talk about that. And I remember like emailing my prof telling him, oh, this is going to show at this time. You don't have to come, but you can. And I sent like a whole email, even though I was was upset with him saying like, thank you for this. Thank you for helping with this. And like, you know, working through this and this, and I know it didn't turn out like perfect or whatever. And like, I got a one word email back. Like he was just like, congrats. And I was like, you know what? Was this? I'm Moss. Feel free to beat this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was just like, imagine like sending someone an entire email, being like, "You should come." Like I was your student. You know, it would be really cool. Like obviously, you don't have to come. People have. I'm sure. He, I'm assuming he didn't bother in the end. No, he. I mean, I got like a one-word email back saying congrats. I knew like I had previous emails from him saying like, you know, this really isn't. That like this isn't a good production value in the real world. Your doc would not have gone through, and I was like, "But I'm not like I'm not in the real world like at the way that you're talking about it. I'm a student in your course, you know. Like you're not. I get critiquing and feedbacking, but I think it was like to a point where I was like, I don't think it's helpful for me to hear that in the real world, this wouldn't go through anywhere. I, I I was so totally aware of the stuff that I could have done better. I wasn't oblivious to it. You know, I was like, yeah, some of the sound and like maybe these shots I would have done differently, but it was literally my first time like ever working on something like that. So um, that's what I also, mean by having like super high expectations to the point where it's like maybe not beneficial. Also, it was just just a little bit hurtful because I think I was like a big people pleaser at the time. And I was just constantly trying to like make him happy or like proud of my work um yeah definitely a weird weird experience also the first time ever like that incident that I talked about in the class where 
I realized I wasn't alone. Like a lot of people have been told when they're making, you know, content that's specific about their identities, like that they're not showing something correctly or like people aren't happy with it or whatever. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of weirdness, but you know, for the record though, I remember your doc and I, and I, I really liked it. I thought it was one of the best docs that I saw at that finish line when I saw it. Oh, that's sweet. Easy, that's it, it was easily. And what the heck are they talking about production values? Those were great shots. Like I, I, that was man hearing that makes my blood boil. Cause that was a great film. I, hmm, man, that makes yeah. me mad. Also, I totally like, again, I understand that some of the sound or stuff like that could have been a lot better, but at the time there was really like no time left at the end to create some kind of like magical solution. I was like, I have to work with what I have. I have to finish this. I have to send this through. I have to get it graded. It has to be ready for, you know, um, the screening that we have for students at York. So I, I wasn't really sure what I was meant to do with that email or like the feedback that I was being given by him. I was like, I don't, I don't know what, what you want me to do, man. Do you want me to like scrap my entire movie? Like, I don't know. That I, I should, okay. I have like two things. I have a question <laughs> I want to ask about what we were talking about, but before that, like what in the fuck is the fucking purpose of telling a student in film school that the project wouldn't be up to snuff in the real world like you could have said that probably about every single screenplay written in the feature screenwriting course you could thousand percent said about anything i turned out writing wise you could say that probably about like every film ever produced at, at from a short from like maybe not every film but like the vast majority of shorts produced in the fiction course and the alt course that like, yeah, in the real world that it wouldn't be up to snuff. But like, and it went into a shorts program at TIFF. So that's literally contradicted. So like, it's literally not true. Yeah. So it literally was up to snuff as well. Like, and also like, yeah, because like, like also that's like that you can't judge it because again, like a lot of like you always see it that like short films kids make like through york they'll enter festivals they'll get into like big festivals like you're saying with the whole t- with tiff thing and like you know did he really mention something about production value with your doc because like what's the point of talking about production value with the doc some of those famous docs have been like roughly put together by people who just wanted to like tell a story about something or just like or explore something that meant, meant a lot to them like it's like you're not trying to make a fucking marvel movie like i'm pretty confident your doc had better audio than much of the gleaners and i and I love Agnes Varda. Agnes Varda, she, like, come on. Like, man. Anyway. You came here to drag Agnes Varda. Uh, no, okay, I will not, no, I will never. I will never drag Agnes. <laughs> but okay, I'm just saying, like. <laughs> this is actually, this is what this whole, this was a sting. We're actually all <laughs> Agnes Varda. That's the new podcast. We will be hearing from her team. Yeah. <laughs> her estate now. is not pleased, but. <laughs> Yeah, I would have, you know, I would have loved more of a balanced feedback process, even just about the content itself, because I think that was like the most impactful thing at the end. Like, even though there were things that I recognized I could have technically done better with like image or sound, I, I think at the end of the day, like people were really more moved by the the direction of the doc itself and like the content within it. Um, and we didn't really like have too many conversations about that. So it was a lot of conversation about like the technical aspects of it. Um, yeah, it was just like a very like, yeah, mixed experience in that class. There were a lot of great people in that class um, that I got like genuine good feedback from. 
Um, but uh, I think it would have definitely changed my experience a lot if, you know, um, it's one thing to get feedback from your classmates. Even if you don't like that feedback, whatever, fine, that's life. But to have students almost like be yelling at me from their seats and to have your prof just like standing on the side waiting for it to finish, because I'm sure he probably agreed with them. Um, it was it was a weird thing to happen. Um, and at the time, I didn't do anything about it because I just wanted to, you know, move forward and finish things up and like get on with it. Um, so I have a question about that. Do you think that feedback was a product uh, or was a result of the fact that like maybe there was a lack of understanding or identifying with the course, with the material of the documentary for some of the class? Or do you think it was more so like just like an atmosphere that had been bred in that class with like the prof's expectations and how it worked in terms of in terms of um, making these docs in this class with like the constant everybody gets to say something? I think it was mostly probably a, yeah, totally. Yeah. It makes sense. I think it was mostly a misunderstanding of the material. Um, a lot of the things that those specific students were saying were, it wasn't like new to me in terms of like, it, it was like weirdly racist, you know, and like kind of like totally like a misunderstanding of like how these two identities can exist together. And like the stuff that I was hearing from them, that even though I didn't expect it, it, it's not like I hadn't like heard about it from other people or read it online. I just hadn't experienced it myself when it came to my own work. Um, but I think the, the process in which the feedback was given was probably like an example of like how other feedback processes had kind of occurred in that class where people were just able to kind of say whatever they want, which again, like if it's helpful of course, you know, like there should be like a free, like it's a popcorn style kind of like, you know, say what you need to say. And we're, we're supposed to be mutually helping each other out. Um, but I, I think with certain students, like the way that they were allowed to engage with us or with each other, like they also engaged with him as a professor sometimes that way. And he didn't really do anything he kind of just let it happen and like would have like maybe like engaged back and like it just would have been like a back and forth debate but I think as like um not that I'm telling people how to do a job that they've been doing for years but I think as a prof like there's a point where like you can you have the authority to tell a student like you need to like talk with like a normal tone and a regular voice because you're like straight up just like yelling at me or like, oh, you're straight up yelling at the student, you know? Um, so I think it's a little bit of both, mostly the first one where I think there's just like a big uh, point of like ignorance about the topic that I was trying to work on, um, where people were so used to seeing like the sensationalized material talking about all these like big issues, big issues and struggles. Um, so a little, a little bit of both. I, I mean, I can totally, like, I understand the whole, you know, um, like, oh, there needs to be like, like conflict is the lifeblood of, th but like, from what I remember of your doc, it, it was not about like that. It was, it was really about like appreciating the subject matter, like the people who you were uh, focusing on and their specific experience. And it was, like you said, it, it was nice. It was actually very nice and kind of, um, 
pleasant to kind of like normalize their experience. And for uh, like, it was very eye-opening for me personally. And for people to then say like, no, there's not enough of like this political narrative here. Like, how are we supposed, like that's, oh man, that, uh, and then, and then for, for, I'll bleep it again, but for to not do anything that that's very distressing because I don't think like, I mean, I've heard mixed. I was never in one of the classes, but like, to sound, to, to, like, yeah, like you're the professor, you have the authority to like, it's like, Oh, don't tone police. Them. But it's like, yeah, no tone police them. Like this is supposed to be constructive criticism. It's not supposed to be like change the subject matter of your doc. Yeah. I can't fucking do that right now. Um, I can't like, like, ugh, sorry. I don't know. I don't want to. Yeah. And also like the, you're not like these, you don't want your students to walk away from like their film class out feeling like shit. Like we probably feel enough like shit with just trying to make this art and like not hate ourselves while we do it. The last thing we need is to like walk away from like being berated by an entire class after we found them like some version of this project. Now I have another question. I have another thing though. For our listeners, can you tell us about the doc? And also, I missed, I like, I kind of, I, I remember hearing about this doc, but also I was, I missed Finish Line that year because I was away on a trip. And also, I think Finish Line was like way later that year because of the strike, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong. We're we talking about this so. 2018, right? Yeah, I can't even remember. It, it may, maybe it was. Yeah. But yeah, the doc. But anyway, but oh. go ahead. Oh, yeah. Sorry. The doc was about two queer Muslim artists who were in a relationship with each other, but also working on two separate projects. So my intention was to interview and kind of document their their artistic process and like working with each other and working separately, but also dive into like how they experience faith and how that's connected to their art, what it's like, you know, dating somebody and also working with them. Um, and the the end of the doc was really leading up to this big kind of uh, event that was going on between one of the artists and uh, like a Jewish community center. They were bringing like Muslim and Jewish artists together to talk about um, kind of like, I guess, like the feminine spirit and like menstrual cycles and birth and blood and like topics kind of around that. So they were making these art pieces to kind of reflect and represent that. So I was like filming the artist um, as she was making that and then leading up to the day of the actual event and like filming everybody else's stuff and like the kind of that event, like from beginning to end. So it, it, it was mainly supposed to be like a feel good kind of look into their lives and also their art processes, but it, it did have a bit of a, like, I, I would say like everything is political. I can't really run from that, especially with this content material, but I think it was a, like for me, a way to kind of bridge so many different identities and communities together and just give people a chance to like look at someone's life who is queer and Muslim and also an artist in a way where it's not trying to exploit them with like all this uh, kind of speech or content or material around like really violent or like scary or like fearful things, which I think mostly like when it shows up in the news or like in other things, um, it always like stuff always immediately dives into like that aspect of their lives, but that like people aren't constantly like battling their demons every second of the day. They have other things going on. They have other goals and like life events and like desires and passions and interests. So um, yeah, that that's like what the doc was initially trying to do. And I think it did it successfully. Um, uh, since I made it a lot more stuff has come out. 
on queer Muslims and like queer Muslim artists, which is amazing. There's so much more like online material. There are characters in TV shows, like there are characters in books. It's wild. I never would have imagined that it would have happened so fast, but at the time there was really not a lot going on. So um, I didn't have much to work off of. So I was kind of just like in the dark being like, yeah, I'm going to make this thing and we'll see how it goes. And a lot of people, it was like the first time they had ever even seen those two kind of things together, um, especially in like a media context. So yeah, it was a, it was quite a journey. Um, but in the end I was like super happy with it. I think it's like really nice to look back on. Um, what was it called? Uh, it was called cotton candy on a rainy day. And it was based off of like a poem that I had read where to me, like the poem, like that phrase itself, like cotton candy on a rainy day. Um, it's kind of like, you know, like when you look at it, literally like cotton candy and rain, like would disappear. But even though it's like hard to keep together, the sweetness is still kind of worth it. And to me, like the two identities, like the struggle didn't make it any less sweet, you know, like, so that's kind of also what I was trying to kind of get at through the film. Um, well, that's really yeah, lovely. No, and and again, I just want to say very nuanced. And I think that many people just weren't willing to accept that. Um, they just didn't want to see that. And you and you like you persevered anyway. And other and now like we've seen growth from that and we've seen it. So I'm really glad that you stuck to your guns and didn't listen to the idiots trying to yell at you in class. But whatever. So I don't want to call them idiots. You know what I mean? I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess like being stubborn was a good trait for me to go into film school with. Um, yeah. I would say that's a, I think, I think every film student needs a little bit of stubbornness to be able to like see their projects through and what they really want. Can you tell us about how you got, how this doc got into the TIFF shorts program? Yeah. So TIFF has like a section of its uh, company called TIFF next wave. And I used to, like work on TIFF Next Wave back in high school with with uh, Julia, as you guys know, um, we we met in high school through that program. So they were doing like a screening where they got, if you wanted to, like they got uh, like a different years of like people who had been involved in Next Wave to like send in their material. And it was like, it was since it was a really short program, they couldn't accept everybody. So people kind of sent in their work and thankfully mine was chosen. Um, so it was, it was, it was exciting to be able to uh, show it there. And like, I had my family come and watch it. And my grandma was there and I don't really talk to her, but I don't really talk to her in general period, (laughs) but I also don't really talk to her about this kind of like material, like queerness and like some of my film stuff. So it was interesting to have them all there and, um, be able to see it. There was a Q and a afterwards and I never eat popcorn during movies because one way or another, it always gets stuck or lodged in my throat. But for some reason, I let my guard down that day and I ate popcorn while I was watching the movies. And then when I went up on stage and like, there was like, I think five of us and a microphone was handed to me right when somebody asked me a question, the piece of popcorn in my throat was like, it's my time to shine. I'm like, immediately I was like, I could tell I was like sweating. I was like, oh no, I'm going to start coughing. I don't know how to turn this mic off. Somebody else was also answering a question. Um, this was, this is just like a funny bit. I like got off the stage and I was like pointing to my then partner at the time. Who's my ex now. Like I was like doing this where I was like, I need water, water. And 
he was like deer in headlights just staring at me (laughs) and it would have been fine like I've seen like like filmmakers and actors and celebrities like when they're on stage and they need something they're like their people just kind of like run up to the stage and like give them like their water bottle or their whatever you know it's not a big deal um especially there like people people know but he didn't know that and he kind of like passed the water bottle down the aisle so like all these strangers were like passing the water bottle down to me and like I got up to grab it and like, it was just so, I was like so out of breath by the time I got back on the stage and like, they ended with a question like to me and I was like, like half out of breath, like answering the question. Um, So that was a memorable moment from that. I mean, that wasn't the only memorable moment, but I was just so like, I remember getting off stage afterwards and my friends were like, were you nervous? And I was like, no, I'm not nervous. I never get nervous on stage. I was choking. (laughs) So funny! Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I'm hoping that's the first and last time that that happens to me. Um, Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's yeah, popcorn kernels, man. They will they they find their way. Like there's um one time. Sorry, this is completely an aside. I thought I was losing a tooth because a popcorn kernel was so actually deep into my gums that when it would move, I thought I felt my whole tooth move. So I went to the dentist. And my dentist was just like, Anthony, it's, it's a fucking popcorn kernel, dude. And I was like, you know, the same thing happened so with, different, but with like some other type, it wasn't popcorn though. I'm sorry. I don't know. That's like the exact same. I like went to the dentist too. And they were like, you're an idiot. It was just food. Watch your fucking tooth. <laughs> but, but in fairness, yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. And um, it'd be better if dental was covered. But anyway, one other thing is that like, I think like, especially at TIFF, um, that's just like the most vulnerable point when you're in the Q and a, and then, uh, like, I remember, uh, a certain thing, one of the, the, the academic conferences I presented at my allergies were fine during my paper read through until the panel Q and a afterwards. And it was only when I got answered a question that I couldn't see, like I couldn't physically see because my sinuses were so rent. Like it was just like, oh, we forgot to give you your allergies today. Here's it all at once. And I was like, no. And they were just like, are you OK? Like they thought I was having like a severe alert. Like they thought it was like anaphylactic because I was just sneezing and coughing. So I totally hear you. That it happens. It happens to all of us. It's it's not fun. It's not fun. Yeah, it's brutal. And it's, it's such a special moment. So like to have it like when something like that special is happening, I like to like take it slow and like really take it in. But when you're like half choking, half out of breath, half, like, I'm so embarrassed. I just want this Q and a to end. I want to like get off the stage. These lights are so bright. What is going on? Like it definitely like uh, ended up like, I feel like in my head, like speeding up the process and like it, which kind of sucks. Cause I think a lot of the questions that were set towards me were really good. Like people were asking about the title or what like if I had like advice on like how to ethically work with participants like in docs and things so um I I think I answered them as well as I could because people are so cute they would like clap afterwards so I was like okay no one can tell that I'm like half falling apart up here that's great and even like when the Q&A was done and I was trying to get off stage I had like people walking up on the stage being like hey that film was really good and I was like yeah yeah thanks so much yeah yeah i have to go to the bathroom bye like so (laughs) awful (laughs) they were probably like why does Aisha not want to talk to me um typical directors just running off 
They just they just want all the fame and they don't want to communicate with the fans. <laughs> but but we know that you're that it's it's just tricky. That's all. It's just tricky. Yeah, that's that's a, such a great story. And I'm sorry, we are out of time. But I want to thank you for like coming on the podcast today, seriously, and like speaking with us about this. This is great. And we'll have to have you back on again. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for asking me to come. Always happy to share my experiences about York. No, so, this was like one of the more, this was one of the most interesting episodes we've had about York because I've never heard anything about the probation process. I don't think we've really ever had an episode where we talked this much about the dog class. Austin, you think of anything? Like, no, no, this, so this was like I've, very yeah. insightful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know. I, I actually still have more questions, so we'll definitely get you on again because I wanted to. But then Zach hogged the whole podcast, so I couldn't. No, I'm kidding. I'm, oh but, yeah, um, <laughs> I was no, no, good this time. What, I, I, yes, I you were. Better. I think this is the least I've spoken on an episode. So I was like, I'm actually pretty proud of myself. Pat yourself on the back, Zach. That's great. We're all happy for you. But what? Anyway, but Maisha, thank you so much again for coming on. You were amazing. Yeah. yeah is there a plug though that you're working on, Maisha? Um, I'm back to like writing. Uh, a short film that I'm hopefully going to be able to finish up by the end of the year. So I don't want to say too much of it yet, but it's, it, it's like a queer horror. Cause I want to oh, infuse nice. more like queer horror projects together. I feel like there's really not a lot out there um, with those two genres together. And I love horror movies. So um, I'm working on that, but uh, yeah, besides that, I'm just, I'm, I just started a new job. I'm doing a lot of like community work again at Sherburne health. So uh, always, always doing everything, never compromising, driving myself mad, but yep. you know, I wouldn't have it any yeah, other way. Stop, stop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we love you. And That's also awesome, if though. you need any help on that short film, let me know. I, I'd love to do storyboards or whatever. I, any, any way we can help out, please let us know. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think like the connections that I made at school, like they were just with the best people. So I, I haven't forgotten anybody. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If you need a story editor, I won't be a dick like that class. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I do mean obviously. I'm not just but yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Good clarification there, Zach. But thank you again. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good rest of your weekend. You too. You too. Bye. Bye. I Went to Film School is recorded in Toronto, Canada and produced by Zach Gladstone and Anthony Moss.